Hello and welcome to the She Reads Truth Podcast, where we open our Bibles and talk about the beauty, goodness, and truth we find there. I'm your host, Amanda Bible Williams. And I'm your other host, Rachel Myers. And we are starting a brand new study, guys. We just finished John, and now we're starting a brand new study called Do Not Fear, a biblical study on responding to God's faithfulness. Today, we are joined by Sissy Goff. Sissy is the Director of Child and Adolescent Counseling at Daystar Counseling Ministries here in Nashville. Since 1993, Sissy has been helping kids and their parents find confidence in who they are and hope in who God is making them to be, both as individuals and as families. Y'all, Sissy is the best-selling author of Raising Worry-Free Girls, of Are My Kids on Track, and her newest book, Brave. All of those books, Don't Worry, will be linked in the show notes. They're excellent. We recommend them. Y'all, this conversation about responding to fear by looking at God's faithfulness is It makes me so excited about the study for you guys, for me. The conversation is excellent. Sissy is excellent. And we're really excited to present it to you right now. So let's get right to it. Sissy Goff, welcome to the Sherry's Truth Podcast. Y'all, I am so honored to get to sit with the two of you. I told you when you walked in the door this morning, but since we dreamed up this reading plan and then this podcast series, we knew we need Sissy Goff on this top of the series. list. Yes, yeah. oh, top of the list. So kind. I'm so excited about this. Well, we're so thrilled to have you for this specific conversation. I'm just, I'm pre thankful for the way that I know that you are. And no pressure, Sissy, (laughs) but the way that you're going to minister or God's going to minister to us through you, because Mm. this is the kind of thing where, you know, we don't talk about fear and anxiety often, right, right? Like this is like on the podcast, Mm -mm. but this is, this is what you do. Mm -hmm. Like this is at the, the, you know, part of the essence of what you do in your personal ministry, in your writing, especially, and at Daystar, which is the beautiful counseling ministry that you run here in Nashville. And so I'm just so thankful that this language is, this is your native language. Sissy, what are you saying? I love that, y'all. What are you saying in your work about, I mean, are we more afraid than ever right now? (laughs) Are we more (laughs) anxious than ever? It feels that way a little bit. I definitely think we're more anxious than ever. I think we were more anxious than ever going into the pandemic, and that has only just exponentially Mm. grown for kids and for us. And I think even how we're responding to that fear, I mean, it's been so interesting to sit with parents in the last six months because I feel like six months ago, I would have said I had more teary parents in my office than ever before, Mm. adults in my office. And I would say in the last two to three months, I've had more angry parents in my office. And I think what a picture of what fear does to us. I mean, I think initially it can lead to despair, and then I think it can take us to a real angry place. And so instead, when we can shift our focus, like you all are doing through this study, just Oh, I'm so grateful. I'm going to buy a stack of 20 of them and have them in my office. Here you go. Paying them out to people. Yes. We can arrange that. Okay. Um, I know know where to find you. I know where the the little yellow house is. Talk to us for a minute about how, because you're a Christian, you're a follower of Jesus, Mm -hmm. and that has to motivate. Like, how is that? How is your faith a motivator for the work that you do and the and, and specifically this focus that you've taken in recent years on worry and anxiety? Mm-hmm. How does your faith play into that? I mean, I think so often I could never do the work that I do 
if yeah. I didn't have faith yeah. that was driving me and yeah. that I felt for every single person that I meet with because number one, I don't have any answers apart from him. And number two, I don't have any hope apart from him. And so to be able to offer that to somebody who is really anxious, I just don't know where I would go. And and I think Melissa, who is our director of Daystar, started Daystar and is kind of a guru for us. She talked about a long time ago with a group of kids. I will never forget it. We were sitting with a group of seventh and eighth graders and we have a little summer retreat program called Hopetown. And so we had a group of them up there. And and this was before the pandemic. And she looked at them and she said, I don't know who told you all that life wasn't going to be hard. Mm-hmm. I don't know who said it. But I think we were living out of that mm-hmm. pre-pandemic. And then she went on to talk about how courage isn't the antidote to anxiety, but trust is. Mm. Oh, that's good. And that's yeah. what responding to God's faithfulness is. I mean, that's exactly what we're talking about. Yes. And so I think it feels like such a fine line in my line of work because I think I always want to help people move back towards what that looks like. Where did we stop trusting, mm-hmm. for one thing? Where did that kind of break down? Why did we stop responding to God's faithfulness if we have? Because often there's something to that. There's a That's reason. such a good point. The, the when did we stop? Yes. Interesting, yes. yeah. Yes, and stop believing His faithfulness was going to carry us forward because yeah. something happened to create that. And then, you know, I, I feel like when I sit with believers who feel lost in their faith and anxiety and where the two meet, you know, there's that sense of, but something chemically is happening in my brain. Mm. And if I love Jesus, and if I'm digging into His Word and I still have anxiety, is something wrong with me? And to take that a step further, if I need medication, mm-hmm. right? and I love Jesus, is something wrong? And so mm. it feels like to be able to have conversations where we're really carrying both things, that we can really love Jesus and we can trust Him and we can respond to His faithfulness, and the serotonin levels of our brain have dropped to a degree that we need help. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. both things are true, and it doesn't make us any less of a person or any less of a believer. I mean, that's I, right. I think that's where I love that the three of us are getting to have this conversation. That's right, yeah. yeah. And that that, too, is a means of grace. Yes. Mm-hmm. That that, yes. too, is a way that, that God meets us. And we take care of all the other organs in our body. Yes. And so if, oh, if Rachel, our brain is so sick, good. let's take care of that organ. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Is it the brain an organ? Yeah. yeah. I think so. Yeah. Call Great. it that. Yeah. I think it's a it's a pretty powerful one. Pretty critical yes. one. Yeah. Very important one. And one of the things that I loved as we watched the editorial team assemble this rating plan is, um, and we try to do this as often as we can to make the table of contents alone, like th- that page, that spread, take us on a journey and help us know what to expect from that reading plan. And it was so beautifully done here that I actually want to read our table of contents, which sounds like I'm like filibustering. Let me read the table of contents. <laughs> uh, but uh, this is this plan is called Do Not Fear. And um, week one is, here are some reasons. Mm. Um, so day one, for he will strengthen you. For nothing is impossible with God. For he is your shield. For he controls the wind and the storm. 
and for He is just. And so that's what we'll talk about mm. this week, these reasons, oh. not because you're going to be okay, because it's all going to work out, not because um, it's silly of you to feel fear, but all of the, mm-hmm. the fours, all of the reasons are outside of us and they're in yes. Him. Yes. In truths that cannot be shaken, that do not shift like the mm. shadows. That's right. That's right. To me, it's so powerful, even just as you read through that table of contents, Rachel, if we just, spoiler alert, to keep going, some of the ones in the coming weeks, for He is present, for He will fight for you, for He sees you and hears you, for the battle is His, for He can be trusted. Mm-hmm. Like It just keeps going and going. And like I, when I focus there, mm-hmm. God, my circumstances may not change, mm-hmm. but... God really can and does give me a peace yeah. in the midst of those, which to me is so powerful because it is not a peace that depends on the circumstances changing. That's exactly right. It is right. a peace that passes understanding and circumstances, right? Right. So see, how do you balance that? So when you're sitting down with a teenager or a kid or a parent, and like, how do you balance going like, hey, you have to remember what's true. Ground yourself in reality. These things that you're fearing are not likely, you know, Mm. so giving them like a true sense of place and reality, which is a a helpful tool for an anxious person. And then also, how do you help anyone find comfort in things being outside of their control? Like going like, hey, God's in control, you know, like I, through the fall, I went through a, a pretty long sickness and one of the prayers that I just found the most comfort in praying is, God, I don't know, but I trust you. Yes. And it's it's very few words, but it's not, God, I don't know, but I, I have a sense that, that my reality is going to change. I had to find comfort in, but I trust you. Yes. So how do you find that balance when you're sitting down with someone who's anxious or afraid? A lot of, I mean, because I've written so many books on anxiety, I have read way too many in the We're last six months. We're linking all of these in our show notes, by That's the way, so because kind. the resources are, they're incredible Thank resources you. based Thank on you. time spent, like hard-won mm. mm-hmm. information and very generously shared information. Mm. Thank you for writing those, and y'all go check them out. So kind. Well, I think there aren't a lot of places that you can find, I think, approaches from a psychological standpoint that are also scriptural. And one of the things from a psychological standpoint that I do, too, in my office is we do talk a lot about control and what are the things that are outside of your control and what are the things that are in your control, which I think it's really important to figure that out. And I'll have kids make, you know, two columns and list the two things because, you know, I mean, especially when the pandemic was starting, we could talk about a lot of things that weren't in our control, but we could talk about things that were, or when there's a tornado or Mm. illness. I mean, any of those things, I think it's good to go back to that. But I think ultimately, I mean, and when, Amanda, when you were talking about that conversation with your kids, I was picturing you doing Mm. that and thinking to say, everything's going to be okay. And even that God is in control, that we can go back to that. We don't have to be in control because He is, can feel like platitudes sometimes unless there's context. That's good, yeah. And it made me think about how one of the things that I read in the research is that anxiety has no memory. So Mm. even if you're kids or if we have had a really significant bout with anxiety before, say it's been three months and we slip back into it, we're not going to remember the things that worked before. Oh, we can't go back to them because it just they fly out of our 
memory, and you know, we can talk about all the things the brain's doing in those moments, but the part of our brain that houses memories isn't even online. And so we, <laughs> we just lose it. And so I love this idea, and I love even, I mean, one of the things that I do think is so important for kids and for us is to memorize Scripture. That's right. Yeah. And That's right. so to go back to when we can't remember, okay, here's where I did square breathing, and then I did grounding techniques, and I thought about what is in my control and what's not. Well, I can go back to He will strengthen me. That's right. And yeah. here's the verse that I know, mm-hmm. and that all of a sudden gives us context, but context that's so much bigger than we are. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. That makes not being in control feel like a safe space mm-hmm. and a freedom instead of a yeah. And that's yes. the context that can't get that can't be shaken. Exactly. The, exactly. For He is my shield never changes. He's never right. more my shield or less my shield. He just is. He is. You know, there's something that I can say as it, I, I think it's harder to say to a child maybe who doesn't have the life experience of an adult. Yeah, that's but right. Something that I can say from my experience is that the times when, from an outside perspective, you might look at my life and say, well, if God is your shield, how are all these arrows getting through? Like, mm-hmm. you know, where maybe that looks not true because we tend to look at it from a circumstantial perspective and from an earthly or yeah, that's you good. know worldly perspective instead of a kingdom perspective. Those are actually some of the times when even though my circumstances are just crazy mm-hmm. or scary or whatever, where I have felt the safest, the soul safest. That's right, yeah. <laughs> because... God's presence can feel so acute in those times, like so yes. tangible and real. And because in those moments, it's like there's no reason for me to feel peace. Mm-hmm. And yet, mm-hmm. I feel peace and, and even joy. Mm. You know, the joy of the Lord, you know, is not the happiness of the Lord. That's different. Like the joy of the Lord and the happiness of the world are very different things. And I can feel joy even. You know, you see it when a believer is, quote, losing a battle with an illness, right? Mm. In their last day. And you wonder, like, how do they have joy right now? Mm. Well, because their joy is not based in their physical health. Yeah. It's anchored somewhere else. And so mm. that's what we're going to do. And over the next three weeks, we are going to look at scripture. And we're actually, each day starts with a narrative. Mm-hmm. And each day starts with a narrative from scripture where there is a reason for someone to fear, like something scary Mm -hmm. is happening. So, you know, like we'll read this week, Mary being visited by the angel and saying, you are going, you're carrying the son of God. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's a little, you know, first Mm -hmm. of all, the angel appearing to you a little unnerving. And then this thing that is happening to your body that is pretty terrifying. But you know, the angel says, do not fear. Okay. Well, why? What would have been scary about that situation, and and what is the reason that Mary can mm-hmm. can actually follow through with the command to not fear? So that's what we're going to be doing. Each day we'll have a narrative, and then there will be other passages from Scripture that speak to that, mm-hmm. um, to God's faithfulness from that angle. That's right. And, and also in this three-week plan, we kind of start on day one with um, an opportunity. So if y'all are listening to this episode on the day it releases, and you have a study book, um, looking at day one, right at the end, there is a little inventory for you to take um, just 
as you begin the study to sort of sit and reflect and answer the questions, you know, what are some things, just make a list of the circumstances, the situations, mm-hmm. anything that causes you to fear. And if you don't have a book, there's nothing keeping you from doing that on any piece of paper or That's even just right. in your mind. So as you go through those things, um, then anyway, there's a series of questions and it'll help you kind of like get a baseline. And then take these three weeks and be a woman or man in the Word of God every day. And there are reflection questions every day, but then at the end to be able to reflect and go back. Um, I think the exercise is, is probably going to be a very effective and powerful one. So I encourage you guys to take the time to do that. I did it, and I really appreciated it. And to clarify, it's not that at the end of the study we think all of these fears will be gone. Good, good clarification. You know, it's just, but what we really want to look at is how do we respond? Because situations where. Oh, yeah, nobody's going to be cured of fear at the end of three weeks. (laughs) Wouldn't that be great? That would be I think we would have really high enrollment in the plan. That would sell a lot of books. Uh That would. And it would make a false promise. (laughs) That's right. Mm -hmm. But we want to look at how are we responding? Mm -hmm. What are the. What What are are our tools? Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. That's good. Let's get into the plan. Let's read from day one. Sissy, would you read verses 8 through 13? I'd love to. But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, descendant of Abraham, my friend, I brought you from the ends of the earth and called you from its farthest corners. I said to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you. I haven't rejected you. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. Be sure that all who are enraged against you will be ashamed and disgraced. Those who contend with you will become as nothing and will perish. You will look for those who contend with you, but you will not find them. Those who war against you will become absolutely nothing. For I am the Lord your God who holds your right hand, who says to you, do not fear, I will help you. Do not fear. That's right. I will help you. There's the reason there in verse 13. Mm. Why? I am the Lord your God Mm -hmm. who holds your right hand. I will help you. That is, yeah. And the the context in which this is being written is, you know, everything is really intense in the time of the prophets. Sure. You know, and and so these are certainly not platitudes, Mm. you know, because that really is a struggle, I think that we can use passages of scripture or verses just sort of as band-aids and just kind of, well, I'm just going to toss this at you and that should make everything better. And it's like, well, but if we really look at scripture, this is a very big promise the Mm. Lord is making. And some might look at, you know, picking up a passage in Isaiah and go, yeah, yeah, but didn't you see God was talking to Israel? That was then and this is now Mm -hmm, and that's, mm -hmm. that was them and this is me. And what we have found in our, journey of scripture reading is that, first of all, scripture is first for them then, but also for us now. And um, we did a study maybe a year or so ago called The Promises of God, kind of truly asking, well, if if we keep being told that there are promises that we can hold on to, well, what are they? And do they apply to us? Are they? Are we taking promises out of context? And what we concluded there in that study is that every word from God is yes in Jesus. Mm. That's right. Because in Christ, we are grafted in. This passage was for the people of God. That was for Israel, mm-hmm. right? And in Christ, we are grafted into God's family. I mean, t- in today's reading, we have Romans 8. I'm going to read verse 14. For all those led by God's Spirit are God's sons. 
for you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. We are God's children. Can we just talk about how I I want everyone, including myself, to have Romans 8 memorized? Yes. It, it brings us in, it mm-hmm. sends us out, it hems us in, it it celebrates what is worth celebrating. Like I look mm-hmm. at, you know, a little further down, the believer's triumph. Yes. I always want to read all of it every time. But for today's purposes, verses 37 through 39, it first asks before verse 37, who can separate us from the love of Christ? Okay. Which I think is an important question for us to ask when we feel fear or when we feel anxiety. And, and then it goes on, can distress or affliction or persecution mm-hmm. or famine, nakedness, danger, sword? That's quite a list yeah. that you just read. Yeah. Quite yeah. a list. But the answer in 37 says no. Mm-hmm. In all of these things, we, not even he, but we, it includes us, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, I need to hear that as an anxious Mm -hmm. person from time to time, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen. I had uh, our family memorized that during the pandemic. And it was was all all the nors, you know, which the kids were like, "What's nor?" But but we would, you know, they would march around the living room, nor nor this, nor that, nor that, Mm -hmm. and they had to get all of them right and that kind of a thing. But that's in their hearts now. That's hidden. They've got it, and that was what we all needed to be meditating on as a family during that time. And now we've got it. Yeah. And how much deeper it took root because it was during that time. Exactly. Yes. One of the things as we were mentioning platitudes that I keep thinking about is I wonder if sometimes they feel like platitudes because we're not as, as much That's place right. of desperation. That's right. We're so unaware of our need. We, I got to go with Kelly Mentor, who I know has been mm. on your podcast a lot. Uh, a real a dear, friend dear of the friend podcast. Yes. yes. I love Kelly and Mary Catherine Hunt are two of my dearest friends. And I got to go with them to Brazil and speak at the Jungle Pastors Conference with oh, wow. Justice and Mercy International. And it was so interesting to sit with those folks and hear their stories. I mean, just heartbreaking in so many ways. These pastors who told literally about going into churches with their machetes on a Sunday morning before church to kill all the snakes that had come in during the flood. And I mean, just homes and I mean, all the things. And to talk to those pastors, I heard so many stories about depression, so many stories about addiction. I mean, abuse, you can Mm. imagine the things. I did not hear one person talk about anxiety. Yeah. Not one. And I think that was because Scripture can't be platitudes for them. Yeah. You know, they have to trust in a way because there's a desperation that we don't experience sometimes. So Mm -hmm. to anchor Scripture into the times that we have such a deep need and and the truth, I mean, it just has so much power. I love that they learned it then. Yeah. Because they'll go back to that and hopefully have the memory to say, this carried me through the pandemic. That's right. That's right. I think about that line. I know I paused when I read it, but... In all these things, we are more than conquerors. And I think about, well, what does that mean? You know, like Amanda, you were saying, you know, you said, uh, quote, um, losing a battle of yeah. an illness or something like that. Well, how does that look? How do I look like a conqueror mm-hmm. then or in these moments of fear or anxiety? And I, it sounds like we've said, it sounds like a platitude to be like, no, I'm a conqueror because, but I am. 
Like yeah. there's a real like better than feet on the ground true thing that it is finished mm. and that what can man do to me? Yeah. And that's that's easy to say sitting on a sofa in Nashville. It really is. Um, and it's harder to say when there are snakes infesting your church right. um, in Brazil or when you're in the hospital, you know, yeah. with a sick child or yes. all of these things mm. or... I mean, things are coming to mind for every one of us in this room and for everyone listening, but it's not, it won't shake. Mm. Right. It made me think about, I love one of my favorite verses is Psalm 3.3 that talks about God being our shield and our glory and the lifter of our head. And that sometimes being more than a conqueror is just the fact that your head is lifted. That's right. You know, it doesn't right. mean you have to be this victorious, but that we get up mm-hmm. and yeah. we keep moving. Mm-hmm. Sissy, what does it um, mean to you in the work that you do that Scripture, because implied in all of this, and even listed out, you know, where I said, like, that's quite a list. The fact that Scripture acknowledges all of these things that are against us, Mm. you know, that are not for, that are not things that are set, like, opposed to us, or, you know, like death. I mean, our greatest enemy is death, right? And and even that has been conquered. But And that, even though we know it's been defeated, it still hurts like hell. And it wreaks yeah. a havoc, yeah. right? And even, even worse, I think, sometimes than death is a slow Mm-hmm. death right where mm-hmm. death would actually be relief mm-hmm. and so but that too is is a form of death sickness and suffering is a form of death mm-hmm. but talk to me sissy about how we can i think we can find comfort in the fact that scripture doesn't just turn a blind eye to mm-hmm. suffering i mean there's suffering all through the bible it's good suffering all through the bible yes. yeah Yeah, I mean, it it feels like we could almost put everything, I should make a graph of the things that I sit with folks talking about, because I think everything would probably fall under some category in Mm. here, that he speaks to all of it, and that we have these folks that live before us in Scripture, Mm -hmm. that if we were to do a deep dive into each character, somebody has been through other than social media. <laughs> you know, sure. I think somebody has been through everything that we're going through today. And so yeah. we're just never, and even just in the person of Jesus, you know, we're That's never right. left alone That's right, in yeah. any of it. And I think when we can move towards that and help the kids we love move towards that too, I think it yeah. does change the way that we see Scripture and the way that truth lodges into our hearts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I just love this reading plan because as we keep going, I just think that these these truths feel like you just said, Rachel, like there's something coming to mind for each of us. I feel that way about every single one of these days. So like the Tuesday reading, the title is, so do not fear for nothing is impossible with God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I can think of just, just off the top of our heads, like we can each without any effort at all bring to mind a situation that feels impossible. Mm -hmm. Like, well, this just feels, this is Mm -hmm. too far gone. Or that, you know, this person or this situation. And this is where we get the story of Mary. Mm -hmm. And that narrative in Luke 1 that we usually read at Christmas time, and rightly so. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we just read not long ago. We took a one-month break, and now we're back. Yeah. It's hard to get too far from Bethlehem. That's right. (laughs) That's right. But I really enjoyed reading this outside of the context of Christmas and thinking about it for the topic at hand. 
Ray, do you want to read some of Oh, sure. Yeah, I'd love to. From Luke 1. I mean, just whatever you, however far you want to go. As the Spirit leads. That's right. So let's start in 26, because this kind of gives the whole context for the situation. It says from, from Luke 1, verse 26, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be, because she didn't have Luke 1 yet. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this was brand new. And so it says she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Then the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary asked the angel, how can this be, since I have not had sexual relations with a man? And the angel replied to her. Which the paraphrase there is, that's impossible. Exactly. Yes. That's impossible. That's scientifically impossible. That's that's, that's impossible. (laughs) Yes. And the angel Gabriel replied to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider your relative Elizabeth. Even she has conceived a son in her old age. So like a, hey, this is is actually not unprecedented. Mm -hmm. I mean, the virgin birth, yes, but doing hard things. God is in the business of doing hard things. Mm -hmm. That was me. Ad living and consider your relative Elizabeth, even she has conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called childless, for nothing will be impossible with God. See, I'm the Lord's servant, Mary said. May it happen to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Y'all know Madeline Langle has that Christmas book called The Glorious Impossible. Ooh, yeah. I don't think I knew. How did I not know that? I don't know. The Glorious What a title. I know. The glorious impossible. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that's just like miracles. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the glorious impossible. This is one of those statements. This for nothing is impossible with God. Where knowing our Bibles matters. Um, yeah. For not saying, you know, I want that thing. For nothing is impossible with God. It doesn't. That statement pulled out of context could make us think. Well, now God is obligated to any request I might make. You mm. know. Um, this is how I hope it will be. This is what I'm believing for, praying for, whatever it is. And nothing is impossible with God. But instead, we back up and we see that mm-hmm. a promise was made mm-hmm. that was perceived to be impossible. And the assurance is, if God said it will happen, it will happen. Yes, That's the assurance that we mm-hmm. have. So this, instead of going like, you know, not, anything could happen, what we know is what God says will happen. All right, friends, we're going to take a quick break from this excellent episode because I want to tell you about one of the She Reads Truth podcast sponsors. And here's the deal. I was asked to record an ad today about our sponsor, Orate. Y'all have probably heard me talk about them before, but I will tell you, I was delighted to be asked to talk about Orate because I showed up at the office today wearing my Orate gold curb chain necklace. 
And that is no coincidence because I wear it every single day. So they asked me to talk about Orate Easy As Pie. I love this brand. It's founded by two women. They are so behind everything they make. It's excellent quality. Everything's got a lifetime warranty. It's actual gold. So you can wear it in the shower. You can wear it when you work out. And I wear usually about three necklaces a day. And this is the one that never comes off. So if you want me to talk about Orate, that is what I will tell you. And here's the deal. They love our listeners and they support our podcast, which I'm also so thankful for. Here's the deal. If you want to wear the gold curb chain necklace like me or shop at their site and see what works for you, they're offering She Reads Truth podcast listeners 20% off your first Orate purchase. So just go to oratenewyork.com slash she reads truth. That is A-U-R-A-T-E newyork.com slash she reads truth and use promo code she reads truth. That's 20% off, no minimum spend. And here's the deal. They don't always have discounts and definitely not this high. So Go check it out while you can. This is the best offer out there, and it is exclusively for y'all. So once again, go to oratenewyork.com. That's A-U-R-A-T-E, newyork.com slash truth and use promo code truth to get 20% off. And you can get a necklace that you will love as much as I love mine. Okay, friends, I know it seems like Christmas was just here yesterday, but the season of Lent is already upon us, and we are thrilled to present to you our 2022 Lenten reading plan. It's called Come to Life, a Lenten study of Ezekiel. We're going to open up this study together and move toward the cross with the prophet Ezekiel as our guide. We're going to lament over our sin, but we're also going to rejoice in the good news of the empty tomb and our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. So I hope that you will join us as we prepare to arrive at Resurrection Sunday with a renewed understanding of the gospel of Jesus. Head to shopshereadstruth.com to order your Lent study book today. That's shopshereadstruth.com. I love this passage from Job that's also in this reading day in Job 42 in verse 1. Um, Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do anything Mm. and no plan of yours can be thwarted. So that's the thing. It's like God can do anything and he does have a plan and a purpose. Mm -hmm. And so, and then, and then of course we want to start questioning. Well, Mm -hmm. (laughs) then if you can, why don't you? Mm -hmm. Right. Please explain yourself. Please explain (laughs) yourself. I have Mm -hmm. a list of like, I would really like for you to explain why, Mm -hmm. but I mean, we can, we can go back to our Job study and have that conversation for a while. Right. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That the answer is not necessarily a why or the question, the right question to ask is not why, but it's who. Mm-hmm. And can we trust him? That's like you exactly said, right. Rachel, like what you said, I don't know, but I trust him. But I know that I trust God. Mm-hmm. But I don't, the, I don't know what it, he's doing. And you can expand it to, I don't know, but you know, yes. and I trust you. There, yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Sometimes I added that. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you are with me. Yeah. And you are with me. Right. And you are my shield. Yes. And, and nothing shield. is impossible with yeah. you. You fill in that blank with scripture. Yes. Um, be our memory. Mm-hmm, that's exactly mm-hmm. right. Yeah. You know, sometimes I think I can err on the other side of that conversation and say, you know, because we also, I'm just staring at Ephesians 3, hmm. um, which, you know, so perfectly pairs with this. Verse 20, now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power 
that works in us to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. But that, that phrase, you know, we also like to use that mm-hmm. in a similar way to nothing is impossible. And I think that I err on the side of, I want to be so careful with that, that I think I diminish it a little bit. That God, no, God mm-hmm. actually is able mm-hmm. to do more mm-hmm. than I even know how to ask for. That's right. And to truly believe that. I think that I can keep my expectations real low. Yes. In and to protect myself mm-hmm. from being disappointed yeah. um, or hurt because I know when, when you know he can do the thing and choose and he chooses not to do the yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I find so, myself keeping my expectations low with kids sometimes because oh, I'm yeah. talking to them right. because I think, oh, I don't want you to pray for that. And then that's yeah. not what he chooses. Exactly. And then you're disappointed and it makes you question your faith. You and know? I bet yeah. talking to kids because they don't have the context of much life. Right. Like for the three of us in this room, to hear, you know, to read scripture that says all things yes. work together for the good of those who love him. Now, when I'm real up close to a circumstance, it's hard to see how that's true, but I have seen it become true mm. in my life because right, I've lived longevity. more years. Yeah. Absolutely. Or we, you know, we get history, we get our history books, we get our Bible history. We right. we see how that is true because of perspective. But sissy, when you're talking to a kid mm. and to go like this thing that is horrible, Mm. this divorce of your parents or whatever it is, it's hard to look them in the eye and be like, well, things work for the good of those who love him. Right. So how do you, like, how do you care for and counsel kids who don't have the benefit of much perspective in life? (laughs) That's a million dollar (laughs) question. Could anybody answer that? (laughs) Yes. I mean, gosh, that don't have much perspective. I mean, none of them do. Right. And especially when they're adolescents, their perspective is all about themselves. That's so so true, Yeah trying to get them outside of that perspective and I think get them underneath and back to the promise of, I mean, I was thinking, as you were talking, I was thinking about kids who have struggled to not have friends for six and seven years yeah. that are thir- 12 years old, 13 right. years old. And that feels like my whole life I have not had friends. You know, I have no perspective. My whole formative years. Right. And my life is relatively short. So my whole life. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I think it's that I always feel like I want to, you know, that that balance of wanting them to learn how to talk about that and to talk about mm-hmm. how hard it is and to mm. express the emotion. And I think... Sometimes in those moments, the best I can offer is you are not alone in that. You say mm-hmm. it out loud, and and Jesus knows what that feels like, and He's with you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and that right now, that's confusing, even what that means and mm-hmm. what that looks like. But you're not alone. In yeah, it. that's so good because you're meeting them there. You're meeting right. them in the middle of the very hard thing that they're living out. You don't yes. always get the benefit of meeting with them. In yeah. the after, right? Of that. But perspective is hard for kids. I, I want my freshman son to know that high school is not the end all be all. Right. This is not the best years of your life, believe it or not. Like but it this is, is yeah, or or the most important or the most right. critical or everything has to be perfect. Like, listen, it's fine. It gets <laughs> yeah. way more interesting and better. And like, let's yeah. let's think bigger. Yes. Yeah. I have to remind myself to not try to dismiss. Mm-hmm. And I could probably do the That's same good. for myself, you know, to try like, okay, Amanda, I know that this this fear I have or this thing I'm feeling, in the grand scheme, maybe it is small, 
but it's still very real to me or to my daughter or my son or whoever is feeling this. And so to be able to, I want so badly to explain it away. Mm. Like, oh, you don't actually, good news. You don't actually have to be afraid of that. But this is actually not actually a big deal. Right. Well, it's a big deal to me. Yeah, Yeah. it's hard. And um, and Because then they just get bigger to get you to hear them sometimes. Yeah, that's right. Yes, that's exactly what they do. How did you know? (laughs) Um, Yeah, but instead, and you know, I think that like we could stand to do that with each other as adults. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That like, oh, I'm not going to make you feel silly for feeling this. Like that actually sounds really hard. Mm. I'm just not in it. So I don't know. I don't feel it the way that you do. But here's what I do know. And that is that that you're not alone. Yeah. And I think a lot of times our fear, I mean, the foundation of a lot of my fears is either feeling alone or, or fearing. Yes. Like I, I'm afraid that I will be alone. Mm, yes. And so even just that reminder that we are not yeah. alone. Not alone. Mm-hmm. And neither are your kids if you're a parent. Neither are your kids. That's right. That's exactly right. I really want to get to day four because I love the first. So like Amanda said at the beginning of this episode, these days will begin with narratives, mm-hmm. you know, where fear is present. And um, and so I really want to read, Sissy, would you read for us this narrative yes. from Mark 4? Um, it's called The Wind and the Waves Obey Jesus. I just love this story. Will you read that for us? Yes. On that day, when evening had come, he told them, let's cross over to the other side of the sea. So they left the crowd and took him along since he was in the boat, and other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking over the boat so that the boat was already being swamped. He was in the stern, sleeping on the cushion. So they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to die? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Silence, be still. The wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Then he said to them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked one another, who then is this? Even the wind and the sea obey him. There are about a hundred things about this passage mm-hmm. that I find so much, I find so much comfort in. Mm-hmm. Their boat was where it was because Jesus told them to go there. Mm. And Jesus never stopped being with them. But when they were afraid and they panicked and said, don't you care that we're going to die? The irony of that statement, of course, is that he came that they might have life. Mm-hmm. Um, and he came to die. And that he came to die. Right. But I think the thing that stands out to me the most every time I read this mm-hmm. is that he did not rebuke them. He rebuked the wind. Wow. And I think about the reality. I mean, we go all the way back to Genesis that we are fallen, but creation is falling. When, when we know that, when we tell each other, well, he's making all things new, he's making us new, but he's also making a new creation. And that even creation is broken and fallen. You think about the pandemic, mm-hmm. it's broken. Mm-hmm. And I find so much comfort in, you I mean, all those tornadoes in Nashville, yes. you know, like bad things happen, mm-hmm. even outside of people causing them, right? Nature makes bad things happen. And to know, first of all, that the wind and the sea obey him, mm-hmm. but that he rebuked that, that he corrected a broken thing in nature means like that we all ache and need him. We all need him. And that that even the broken, the pandemic, you know, it's broken. The world is broken. And the wind and the sea obey him. And he's going to make all things new. 
In our reading plan for Thursday's reading this week, we get that that we just read in Mark 4, and it's it's a doubleheader because we also get Matthew 14, which is another instance involving a boat on water mm-hmm. and a storm, mm-hmm. right? But it's the it's the time when Jesus comes walking to them, and they have already been like in the waves for some time. Mm-hmm. Jesus comes walking to them on the water, and they think it's a ghost. And Jesus says to them, have courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. That's right. And Peter, our buddy Peter, says, oh, yeah? (laughs) (laughs) If it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus says, come on. Yeah. And this is the Amanda mm-hmm. Bible Williams version. Oh, because your name actually has that works it does. nicely. That does work out, right? Okay. It's my maiden name, guys. It's mm-hmm. not a nickname. <laughs> Climbing out of the boat. So now I'm in Matthew 14. I am actually reading from the text in verse 29. Climbing out of the boat, Peter started walking on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, caught hold of him, and said to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. I love this. It feels like a gift, this passage of Scripture. All of Scripture is a gift. This passage feels like a gift to me (laughs) because Peter, when he's looking at Jesus when he's in having faith, he mm-hmm. is walking on the water. Mm-hmm. He is doing the impossible, mm-hmm. right? While a storm rages around him. That's right. When he looks at the storm, mm-hmm. he starts to sink. That's right. And yet, that's not the end of the story. Right. He cries out, Lord, save me. And Jesus reaches out his hand. Mm-hmm. So there's so much, I think, for us to learn from that story. But yes, who is it that controls Mm -hmm. that wind and Mm -hmm. those waves? And then are we going to sink? Yep, we Mm -hmm. 100% are when we start to look around. But he's still there. He reaches out. He grabs us. He pulls us into the boat to safety. Like there is, this is a relationship that is happening, Mm -hmm. you know, and that faith, our faith is not, oh, I had faith this one time and that's going to carry me through. I have, faith is an action that I have to take daily, hourly, minutely sometimes. Is that a word? Yes. Well, you know, one of my favorite things to do on this podcast is to put our feet on the ground mm-hmm. to like make that feel real for a second. So mm-hmm. we think about what a soaking wet night that was, right? For everybody. Mm-hmm. But for Peter, it wasn't a story. It was, it was his, he was living it. And to like, this, this happened. This happened to him last night. You know, like this is like something that was true. And, and so he sees Jesus in the storm, walking on the water, and he takes a step onto the water mm-hmm. um, because Jesus is doing it and he's inviting him to do the same. And it helps me to, to make that physical. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like, wow, great job, Peter. What faith? I mean, yes, but it helps me to know that that can truly happen, mm-hmm. that, that what mm-hmm. Jesus calls us to do Nothing is impossible mm. with God. I think that the soaking wet night of rain and storm and walking and sinking mm-hmm. and being pulled back up by Jesus is something that happened. And then we know Peter's also the guy that denied knowing Jesus mm-hmm. as he was on trial. And then the Lord built his church on him. Uh-huh. That's right. The, I mean, goodness. So, mm-hmm. so let's hear that good news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That the guy who got to walk on water with Jesus still failed again. Yeah. 
His well, faith was strong sometimes and also sometimes not, but you know who was always strong. Well, we do that all the time. And yeah. I'm, now I'm thinking about our teenagers again, uh, Sissy, and I'm thinking uh, about ourselves and how we have these moments of great faith mm-hmm. where we just, yes, we get it. Mm-hmm. We, are, we are feeling strong in the Lord. And then we can also have those moments. We are the circumstances are too overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to know that Jesus is there in both, yes, in both of those instances. I keep thinking as y'all are talking, I mean, one of the other things that I have learned about anxiety is that it is always about the past or the future. It's never about the present moment. Interesting. Uh, okay. And how, I mean, when you're talking about a term, I mean, I think about, you know, one of the big Cognitive behavioral therapy is the most common type of therapy used for anxiety. It's the most researched. And and it's all about the moment, kind of grounding yourself in the moment. And, you know, I hear so much of what y'all are saying through this therapeutic lens. And when you said mm-hmm. put our feet on the floor, I'm thinking, oh, grounding techniques. Are you <laughs> but I think like that, that story and Peter getting out of the boat, he was living in the moment. Yeah. And then... Obviously, we don't really know what Peter was thinking, but my guess is when he saw the the wind and the storm, and yeah. the storm he thought, we're going to die. What's going to happen to me? The future. the future. Yes. And thinking about even what you were asking, like, how do we get back to in the midst of the roller coaster right now? Yeah. What's one thing that we feel like Jesus is doing right now? Because there's yeah. something. If That's we're right. opening our eyes. There's always something. There's always something, even in the midst of the really hard, the down, you know. The hardest parts of the roller coaster. What is he doing right now? Because that's, I think that can sometimes even be where we have a hard time going from these stories to our present life Mm -hmm. is because he was there. And so they were experiencing it with him, but he's here. And so what what can we experience with him right now? Not what could be true then, but what is true right now? He is your shield right this second. Speaking Mm -hmm. of what's true right now, I'm going to read for us as we close our. Our key verse um, for this reading plan is Isaiah 43. It's actually two verses, verses one and two. I'm going to read it for us as we close. Now this is what the Lord says. The one who created you, Jacob, and the one who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and the rivers will not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, and the flame will not burn you. That's the word of the Lord. I mean, probably every one of us in this room have used those passages as a anchor point, yes. as a tethering mm-hmm. point in, in different stages of our life. I, I know that I have, mm-hmm. but it's true like it doesn't it's true. it's true for me and it's also true for you and That's right. and you and and y'all listening this isn't like Rachel's favorite verse that mm. only Rachel can have or, you know like that's it is just what is true of God. And Amanda said at the beginning of this episode when we see the do not fear command it's followed by a reason or a path forward mm. and in this case do not fear for I am with you. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it it is Past, present, and future. That's right. Look at As that. We're talking about You're all those right. things. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Okay. Wait. I want to actually look at that. Talk. Okay. Talk to us. Show us how it's past, so, present, and future. Now, this is what the Lord says: the one who created you and the one who formed you. There's our past. Mm-hmm. I've redeemed you. I've called you by name. When you pass through the waters, well, you are mine. Maybe is the present. Yeah. 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 When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and the river will not overwhelm you. Mm-hmm. So, as we're anxious in each 
case, he is with us in every setting. Mm-hmm. Past tense, every I have context. redeemed you. Present tense, you are mine. Yes. Future tense, I will be with you. Thank you. You did that better than I did. Yeah. Oh, no. Listen, we're all a team here. <laughs> That's right. I love oh, that. I like that a lot. That's good. And that you are mine. Mm. There's three little words. They are loted mm-hmm. with like meaning. Because mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. there's a lot of belonging, not a lot of alone in those words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, I, I genuinely hate that our time Me is running too. down. I, like, this is so I, fun, y'all. I told you, Sissy, when you came in, I was like, I feel like I'm meeting a celebrity. Oh. I've always wanted you, to meet Sissy God. <laughs> and like the fact that we get this time with you just feels like such an immense oh, gift. It's such a gift to me. Thank y'all so much. I feel like I've learned a ton. Good. Well, okay, so one of the traditions that we have yes. at the Serious Truth Podcast, after having spent an hour reading scripture and just talking about the beauty, goodness, and truth that we found there. Mm. Where in your life are you seeing beauty, goodness, truth, or all three that just point you to Jesus and make you want to worship? So I lost my mom about two years ago Mm. uh, during the holidays, the week before Christmas. And last year, remember thinking... I can only listen to Frosty the Snowman. Like, I just can't do Christmas songs this year. Mm -hmm. I can't. I mean, I'll be home for Christmas. I want to throw that out my window. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't do any of that. And and as the holidays were coming up this year, thinking, starting to hear carols that are hymns and point me back to Christ. And I just have had so many moments in the past few months of thinking, I made it. Mm, yeah. I, I can look back through all of that and see so much of where God was with me, mm-hmm. carried me, carried our family, and I feel like I'm have experienced Christmas again for the first time in some time. Yeah. And yeah. And am carrying my mom through it with me and yeah. just have felt more hope and more of the nearness and beauty of him in the midst of that through this season that has just been so powerful in the silliest moments of driving in my car and hearing Bing Crosby or whatever it is. But, you know, I heard the bells on Christmas Day. I mean, all those things just have been so powerful for me. Well, that's a a victory. And that's a, Rachel's mentioning that, you know, our God is in the business of making all things new. Mm -hmm. That, you know, even redeeming those what seems like a little thing, mm-hmm. you know, Christmas yes. music, but really it's representative of so much more. So much mm-hmm. more. A lifetime of yes. memories listening to that music, yes. right? That's so good. Yes. And that you can find joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I am sorry. Thank you. Yeah. Friends, this is just week one, and it's just Monday of week one. So what we hope you know is that this little podcast episode will just get you excited about reading this week, about being a woman or man in the Word of God every day this week. Read these passages. Take that inventory. Find the truth that you get to just anchor yourself to, anchor your soul to. Mm-hmm. And then next week, we're going to come back with Travis Garner. And then the week after that, Scarlett Hiltabidal is coming back. She was, um, I think it's been over a year since Scarlett was it's with us. It's been a us. while. I'm so excited to have her back, too. So two more weeks of this together. And like we did here in this podcast episode, I encourage you to have conversations about this. I think one of the best ways for this to stick is to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I encourage you to have these conversations and kind of ask people what they think and what, what the scripture has taught them. But... Y'all, until next week, Sissy, what do we tell our friends? Keep opening your Bible. <laughs> <laughs>